greetings, everyone. Grace and peace to you, wherever you may be listening to this today. Welcome to Soma Northwest podcast. I am Pastor Bobby. Thanks so much for taking some time to listen to this. Um, Our city has experienced a lot of grief, uh, a lot of tumult over the past month. Uh, As many of you know, that began with the killing of Dreshawn Reed, which we still do not have answers for. Uh, Over the last few weeks, we have witnessed uh, the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, And here in our city, uh, we have um, seen protests and and many of us have uh, taken part in those protests to lift our voices up against these injustices. Uh, We've also seen rioting, we've seen looting downtown, we've seen parts of our city on fire. Um, We've seen a a multitude of different angles from news coverage to social media reactions. Um, So needless to say, our city is in a, uh, has, has been through a lot here recently. And we felt like it is important for our church community uh, to hear from some of our own as we process some of these things that have been happening in our city, uh, as we read uh, just friends and family members um, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, as we listen and watch news coverage. How do we process this? How do we um, how do we speak about these things? How should we feel about what we're seeing and what we're experiencing? in our city. And so we are going to, um, over the next few minutes, uh, with some of my guests here who I will introduce here shortly, we're going to seek to, to, to bring some language and, to under, and some understanding to this moment, uh, what's going on in our city and in our nation, and also to help give some direction to our church uh, about how we should feel about this, how we should respond to it as people of God as people practicing the way of Jesus in our city and in our neighborhoods. And as I mentioned, the the folks that you're uh, gonna hear in this podcast are people that you know, uh, people that you're in relationship with, people you trust. And we were talking uh, before we hit record here about how important that is with all the different voices and all the different opinions and the different takes that are out there. Uh, we need to know and we need to hear from people that we trust, that we're in relationship with, we live our lives with. So that's what we're going to try to do. This isn't a Bible teaching episode of our podcast. Um, We did a series on justice and racial reconciliation last September. We uh, provided some teaching during our Sunday morning gatherings. We provided some resources Um, We also have, and uh, these folks are a part of uh, Be the Bridge groups that have been going on at Soma Northwest for some time now um, in in, um, conjunction with Soma Midtown and Soma Downtown. And so there's a lot of resources and there's a lot of um, teaching and theological groundwork that we have been laying uh, over the last few years as a church. And so Um, I encourage you to go back and to avail yourself of those resources. But what we want to do over the next few minutes is we just want to um, 
we want to talk, we want to express what we're going through, what we're feeling, and we want to give some encouragement and some challenge for each of us as we move forward in the days and weeks to come. And so with that, let me introduce our guests. Um, first, we have Tony and Tamise Cross. Um, Tony and Tamise both work for the Department of Family Resources here for the state of Indiana, and Tamise uh, serves as our worship director at Soma Northwest. Tony and Tamise, thanks so much for being a part of this. It's good to see you guys. Um, next, we have Steve and Tasia Coyle. Steve is a uh, production manager for one of our local businesses, uh, Chimney and Masonry Outfitters, a solid business with a great reputation in our community. And Tasia is a staff member with Young Life working in our Pike School District. So Coils, it's great to see you guys. Thanks for being a part of this. And last, but certainly not least, we have Brian and Tara Gornick. Um, Brian is an agent with State Farm and Tara is a teacher in the Pike School District. And Brian and Tara have um, really taken on a very significant role in leading um, our racial reconciliation efforts um, providing spaces for people to come together and to talk about their experiences and also um, leading the charge in our Be The Bridge groups, um, equipping people with how to talk about race and how to share their stories and how to move closer with one another uh, in unity. And so Gornix, thank you for being a part of this. And it's good to see you guys and look forward to hearing um, your thoughts tonight. But where I wanna start is, um, as I mentioned from the outset, this has been an emotional and a, just a heavy season. Um, we, we started a few, <clears throat> excuse me, a few months ago with coronavirus and uh, having to navigate our way through a pandemic. And then over the last month, um, we've experienced a lot of racial violence and police brutality here in our city and then again uh, in other parts of our country. And so I just want to know, like, where are you guys at emotionally, spiritually, physically? What are you feeling right now? How are you processing through this moment? And um, Tasia, I, I want to start with you. And um, where are you at? I am in a bunch of different places all at the same time. Um, I have cried. I have laughed. I have cried again. Um, I think what comes to mind most is the anxiety that I feel. I, emotions are really high uh, for everybody right now. And as I am doing different things out, I am constantly wondering, like, what are people thinking about me right now? Uh, I had a doctor's appointment with um, our son, SJ, and I'm interacting and I'm having these great interactions with these people. And in the back of my mind, I'm wondering, what are you thinking about me in relation to what is going on in our world? And I think that gives me a lot of anxiety because I'm like, if at one, if I make a move and how do I know that I won't be associated to everything that is out, that is happening in the world right now? And yeah, I, that just gives me a lot of anxiety. 
Um, I worry a lot about um, Steve when he goes places. Um, he went to Chick-fil-A the other night and we share our locations with each other and I kept checking it. And for me, I'm just like, where's all this coming from? And I think um, it's from what's happening. And I think it's a, it's a lot of baggage over the years. Cause I don't know that I've ever like, I don't do this every day, but I think the circumstances of what it has going on, I think it has led me just to be um, in a very anxious place. And then on the other side of that, I would say I've felt a lot of rest in the Lord. Like when I am turning off and turning to the Lord, um, because like when I am not putting my mind and focusing on rest, there is so much chaos and emotions and different things that I'm going through. Um, so I've felt a lot of safety in the Lord, I will say. What does that look like for you in this time? What is it? What does it look like for you to find that rest in the Lord? Like, what are you doing? Is it through prayer, scripture reading, music? Like, where where are those those connect points for you? I would say, again, it's a bit of all of that. I think um, I have been kind of leaning towards of. Um, listening to black voices and black people um because i i feel like what i'm seeing a lot of just evil in in what is going on there are peaceful protests a lot of peaceful protests but i see what is getting perpetuated is a lot of evil it's a lot of arguments and so i have found myself um wanting to see Black voices, hear Black voices, see Black people um, worshiping the Lord, um, hearing them teach, um, hearing gospel music, um, because I'm reminded that these are image bearers, like these are people who love the Lord, like we are all like one body, and I, I just need that reminder, and so I think I have found a lot of joy and and rest and here being reminded of the the goodness um of us being image bearers like just being reminded and seeing that um yeah I, I found a lot of rest in that um yeah so it's been prayer I, crying in prayer I, uh listening to music just just a lot of everything um and I would say also I want to add coping, like doing things that I enjoy that make me happy and make me feel good. Lots of cuddles with my son. Um, I know that like there were one day I'm going to go out into the world and he's not going to be in this little bubble. So I'm enjoying that right now. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Um, to me, so I wanted to go to you next. Um, and and hear how you're doing and and even specifically i think Tasia touched on something that i'd love to get your your thoughts on as well uh just that the anxiety and worry about your husband and about your son and just uh i know you know you and i've heard you talk about that before and share that before in a very real way and so uh, what what does that look like in this moment 
it's just really uh, hard to communicate how I feel because um, I have a mixture of feelings and I really want to be careful with, um, I just want to be careful with how I respond because I just look at it, I look at all of this as a spiritual attack on the body of Christ as a whole because I see how divisive all of this conversation and everything has been with people who who say they are believers yet um it's just it's a lot of anger it's a lot of rage it's a lot of discomfort so um as it pertains to my husband and my son while i am concerned about you know you know i'm just concerned about us as black people in general our encounters with people who are white, who we may not know if they truly follow the Lord or not, you know, to know if they love us or not. So it's really something that we have to just continue to trust in God about instead of um, leaning on our own understanding or leaning on our past experiences. Because I've had a lot of experiences, a lot of rough run-ins with racism and it's, now that I'm like, like, ever since I had just experienced some, um, just some life altering situations, I've just decided to just walk in the Lord. And so it's been challenging walking in him and having all these feelings, you know, like this hurt and pain. Like I literally want to break down and cry about what has happened. Um, I really do, because I just, it, it hurts. It hurts to see. Um, it hurts to know that it could happen either to my husband, either to my son, anyone else that I love, anybody on the same complexion of skin that I have because of the love that I have for people in general, but really, you know, for people who look like me, it just, it's painful. It's really painful. Um, to witness people who have such callous hearts as they fight against this whole Black Lives Matter hashtag. It's just wild to me. Like the, the exposure that's taking place right now and where people really are. You know what I'm saying? Um, how there's people who are not impacted by this directly so they could still live and you know, man, Bobby, it's just a trip. So I'm dealing with this, like what Tasia's saying, to not, to not have anxiety, I have to stay prayerful. So it's interesting how all of this took a turn right when we were in quarantine and I was spending a lot of time praying and seeking after the Lord and doing some of the similar things that Tasia was saying, like listening to a lot of gospel music, because it's a lot of gospel music that like Kirk Franklin, Fred Hammond, like different artists who had already created songs that, that helped comfort me through the struggle period. And then now that the struggle is like in everybody's face, you can't deny it. This is dead in your face. This music I'm finding comfort in and I'm steadily, you know, just trying to stay connected to whatever it is that the Lord will provide. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm just dead. Like if you told me you want me to walk in your spirit to not fulfill my flesh and my flesh want to 
cuss about it. I want to go off. Um, I'm not, I, I, I do. I want to comment on other people's stuff and get it, give it to them. No, um, I do. I'm, I'm not liking what I see on social media. I don't like what I hear. I want to go Facebook Live and just really, you know, just, but then what is that going to benefit? And I have to like, like I am also a bearer. And what does that mean during this time? So I'm like, the Bible says it's better to suffer for doing good than to suffer for doing evil. And that, what does that, what is that? In order for this man's life to be taken, in order for people to just now say Black Lives Matter, in order for people to just now, companies to just now put out statements about how they support, like just now, you just now, it's just now a federal law to not lynch a person. Just now, it's now the first Black police officer in Crown Point, which I'm more fearful for him, want to be the first Black cop now anyway with everything that's going on like what just now just now a state is saying that they're gonna reevaluate death row inmates and make sure that they're not on death row because of racism just now you know and this is stuff that i've been studying for years you know and here it is now to be going through this as a believer this is truly a test for me to walk out and live by faith and not by sight. So that's how I'm processing everything. I'm processing it by what it says in Philippians 4 and 9 to put into practice everything that I have learned. That's how I'm processing it. So I've been choosing to be quiet because I want to be careful with what I say. I don't want to be harmful with my tongue. I don't want to say anything and have to retract anything that I said because I said it out of impulse or out of my emotions. Like I'm trying to really practice what it says to trust in the Lord with all my heart and not lean on my own understanding. And even like, it was a post that I, that I put, I shared yesterday, like how many times I have chosen to be silent so that I wouldn't be viewed as an angry black woman. Right. I shared that post, some random person inboxed me and apologized that I felt that way. And, um, we just began to have dialogue and this person was communicating that they realized through this that they've had some racist views and here i am asking the lord because i know my know my parents. so i'm really tripping because i'm like lord <laughs> you wait till i'm in this spot to send somebody like her to me that that lets me know that you trust me enough in order for me to show her some things about people like me you know, that we're not so feisty, we're passionate. Just because we're assertive about some things doesn't mean we're aggressive. So it's just to be able to communicate this to a lady who, you know what I'm saying, would, said that she was fearful to even have conversations with a person of color because she was just afraid of being judged and all this. But for her to reach out to me and even express that she felt safe to share that with me, that shows that it's not me that she sees she must see, she must be able to witness like what God is doing in my life to even feel led to share that with me. So I said all that just to say, I'm just trying to walk in step with the Lord because I'm a believer now. And, um, 
And now that I, I mean, even though I've been a believer out of all these years, I'm still confessing the fact that I am a believer and I have to make sure I respond that way. I have to make sure I love that way. I have to make sure I give grace that way. I have to make sure I'm merciful that way, no matter how it makes me feel. And, and it's just, it's just, it's complicated because it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And there's a lot of people who I talk to, family members who, who I talk to, who don't agree with that either. You know what I'm saying? And I understand that rage too. That's a whole nother thing. It's like, because I know that people see me and watch me on social media, I have to be careful with what, with what I agree with, you know, and, and what I say I agree with. Just as you said, like, be honest, you know, about everything. Like, honestly, I'm not mad about the destruction that has happened. Honestly, I don't, I don't feel bad about that at all. I, I would participate in that type of destruction, but I understand where it comes from because this has been going on for too long. But this is a good time for it to be a change so that my child, so that SJ, so that our children can grow up and not have to experience the same things, hopefully not have to experience the same things that we have been experiencing. Yeah, thanks, Tamise. Tony, what about you? How, just as a, as a black man and, you know, raising a black son, like, what, how are you processing all of this? It is uh, very emotional for me um, because I can identify it. That's, that's me underneath that cop's net. He's a black man, same age, just about. And then I can envision my son, whom now is just as tall as I am. You know, and so when growing up as a as a as a, a young boy, um, I I never had anybody to really protect me to say you know that's 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 my boy. Ain't nobody gonna mess with him and stuff like that. And so now <clears throat> I don't see any of that per se uh, that protection for Black lives. Like it's like normal. Like people are be desensitized. And the only reason now people are woke or making an outrage of because it's on live video and you can't, you can't help but to ignore that. You know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm very um, concerned. I have anxiety so I can agree with Tasia about that. Uh, and the reason being is because I was just downtown maybe about a month ago uh, and I was picking up my sister-in-law uh, from a mega bus. And um, we were right across the street from the city county building, and that's where the mega bus stopped. And you know, this is not a lot of parking. Parking, and she just come in there just to pick her up, and then I just drove in just to sit there and just wait for it as the bus come. And on um, the pole out park right in front of my policeman, and um, which she did not say nothing to me. Um, and another white cop pulled in the middle of the street and instantly got out of his car and said, "You." move and like man bro i'm just waiting on the for my sister to get out the bus why do i have to why do you have to meet me with that type of tension you know what i mean so that that's 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 fearful because if i would have said something i could have took it to a whole another level and i gotta look at that or i gotta feel like man my son get older he might have to do that too and like yo where is the protection at where is someone again like, man, that's not right. And I won't be there for my son at all times to protect him. And so 
don't know. I'm, I'm very concerned uh, right now because I, I can identify with what has happened. I don't feel I don't feel good, man. I really don't. And so that's why I'm really trusting the Lord. Uh, read, getting His Word, doing the same thing as Tanise and Tasia had said earlier. Reading the Word, listening to music. Because if I don't put my mind on Christ, man, and that anger overtake me. Because I get on Facebook, man, and you can see different um, videos after videos after videos of police brutality on black men. And nothing has been said about none of those. You know what I mean? Like, and if I don't get off of that, man, man, my mind will be somewhere else. So I have to rest in the Lord. I really do. And have to work on giving grace. Uh, and, and grace is pretty much undeserved favor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you, you see someone doing wrong time after time, but you still got to say, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know what I mean? So I have to really, it concerns me, but I'm, I'm putting my trust in the Lord each and every day. You know? So that's my day. Yeah, man. Tamise? Yeah, I just want to say one more thing that um, the problem is that through the years, seeing and witnessing stuff like this, white, white people would normally say, oh, it wasn't like that. <laughs> or, you know, like just basically making it seem as the experiences that we have, like, like what, what Tony is saying, meet, like how white people in authority already meet you with some type of aggression. You know, so like you really got to remember who you are in Christ yes. before you even respond back. Because if you catch yes. me slipping, yes. I'm, I'm going to meet you the same way that you meet me. Yes. And then that's when that happens. Then that's when the black person is in the wrong right. because of the, the anger and the hurt. Mm -hmm. But I saw this woman, she had this video and she was explaining the history we've been going through for over 400 years as a people and just basically was saying at the end like white people should be lucky that all we want is equality and not revenge you know what i'm saying when i heard that i felt that on the spiritual level i'm gonna be honest because it's just that's serious like and that and that's when we go to the lord because he say don't repay evil for evil and that's where you get me weak because now i'm weeping and I'm begging the Lord to bring justice, you know, and then and even me drawing close to him, I'm able to experience his word. He says that he'll draw close to me and lift me up. You know what I'm saying? So then I, I'm not in that constantly like, oh, they, 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 you know, they need to get what they deserve or all of this and that. It's like, you know, you just begin to pray different, but these are just the images coming across for us for years. This, this is not new at all, you know what I'm saying? But now that it's a new discovery, like for our white brothers and sisters who are just now entering in and want to reach out and want to ask how we doing and different things like that. That's where it's just like, it's hard to communicate really how that is because it, it'll always be, to me, it seems experiences downplayed. Yeah, and that, I, that's, that's such a powerful point because I think, you know, you look at a lot of people on Facebook or and Twitter who are, you know, trying to tell, you know, all the protesters and, and, and even the rioters how they should be acting and how they should be responding. And some of those same people 
have, you know, the don't tread on me banner on top of, on top of it, where it's like, you know, the folks who are, who are really libertarian minded, like, you know, nobody should be telling me what to do. Nobody should be, you know, uh, keeping me from do, doing exactly what I want to do when I want to do it are the ones telling other people, this is how you should act. This is how you should respond. And I think that point that you made right there is so powerful of like, if we actually just take ourselves out of this and just step back and think about what African-Americans have been through in our country, uh, what we're seeing this weekend is really tame uh, compared to what most white people would do if, uh, if the government came down on them and if, a, if, a, if an occupying force came in, you know? Um, and so I think that that's, I want to get in, you know, here in a minute to, to some of these things, but I think that that's such a powerful point that you make. Steve, I, I'd love to hear from you, um, just, uh, what you're feeling and just, you know, where you're at right now. Um, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in kind of like a, I guess I'm in a different place. Like, I mean, there's all kind of emotions. I'm not really like super emotional all the time. So like my stance on all of this, like, like, is there anger? Can I feel it? Um, sometimes like yes and no. Um, no from a sense of like man I, i've just like seen this happen so much and just coming from where i come from like my the mode that i'm always in is survival mode like i you know i'm living in i'm i'm from a you know i'm from a from the inner city like i'm from out on the west side of indian like you are like emotion and stuff like that you don't really know how to access that per se so like but the like me being from there is a result of of like being is of a system that's that's put me in a place to where that the environment that it's like has like kind of desensitized me to like so many things um so like in theory like yeah i'm mad like oh yeah it's wrong do i feel it like deep down like no do i feel like the anxiety yes like me and taser was walking down like we take walks with our friends and stuff at, at Butler by Butler. We was walking on Butler last week because we were just trying to get a getaway, just have a place for us to like, just kind of like talk to each other and, and walk. And like, as these, as like white folks is riding by on a bike and everything like that, while this protest is going on, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm, I'm like, man, somebody about to run up on me and say something or whatever, because the image of the protest, especially with like, all the looting and stuff was just that like, man, like, you know, that look at how black people are responding. Look at how this, you know, whatever. Come to find out actually all that looting is mostly white folks for, for some of it. But, uh, um, you know, just like, I feel that, you know, uh, and you know, stuff with the police and stuff like that. I've been having to deal with that, being, you know, having to think about that all the time. Like, uh, even when we was at church, you know, I saw the two cops zoom down the street. I was like, oh, snap, they about to, they about to get me, like, you know, if they come up in here and shut this thing down, I'm the first one, right? Like, you know, 
Uh, you know, I thought they was going to shut, shut our church gathering down, but I'm like, man, these police riding around here and they're aggressive. And uh, my first thought was like, man, they coming out here for this protest. So like right now, you know, part, and I'm, part of me is like, I'm tired. Like, you know, I'm just kind of like, man, I'm having a bunch of, you know, friends that are wider reaching out, ask me all these things. And I'm having all these conversations about whatever with this. Um, sometimes that's exhausting. And then I kind of leave those conversations like, man, we just had that conversation, but like, I'm, I'm kind of like tired of like the conversation. I'm like, if you want to have a conversation, we're going to talk about a practical and we're going to talk about what, what, what you're going to have to do, what the moving forward looks like. Uh, Cause we ain't no, ain't no more panels, ain't no more educational discussions. Uh, we're going to have to, you're going to have to do something or, you know, reevaluate yourself. Like, and I feel challenged at this time too, even, even though like, I just feel challenged from like, from, from a kingdom perspective, like uh, 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 just in a sense of like, uh, man, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like excited about it, like in a weird way, but I'm challenged of like, man, like what's happening against like us has been happening and now there's like a response. There's just so many things that are happening to the point where it's like the church has to respond in a real way as, as far as like learning how to be a place of refuge, learning how to like fight for the press and stuff like that and, and, and be a light out in, in a really, really dark time. And that's costly. And uh, so I've been challenged and, and just in my own walk to be like, well, what is, what does that mean for me in particular? Even though I am, I am fighting, you know, for the, for the black community, I'm fighting for the kingdom. And, you know, so, some of these incidents, because of how escalated everything is, you could lose your life for this. And the question is, is it worth it? And what, what you doing it for? Um, you have to really evaluate that, you know, because especially because we're beyond like the point of like just talking about it anymore. Um, you know, I'm, you know, you go down to them protests, man, and those rubber bullets ain't got no name on it. So that could be you, you know, you, you look a certain way, you know, like you could be the person getting beat with a nightstick, like depending on how you trying to, you know, depend on how they handle you and stuff like that. And, you know, um, but that's, <laughs> it's scary, but it's kind of like, man, that's, that's that's what it takes sometimes like you know that's what happens like uh when you're talking about fighting for something like this like at a time like this when it's war and and and, and, and uh people are in pain stuff like that and so you know that, that's been really challenging for me to you know to be like you know we gotta live out our faith you know um and so part of me is like, man, God, this, this can't be for nothing, man. Like, uh, there's something that's got to come out of this. I don't know what it is. It may not be, it may not be anything that we get to experience besides heaven, you know, that might be when it comes. Um, you know, I think like it's exhausting too. like, um, I'm pretty like skeptical of a lot of people like like when they want to have the conversation because I'm just like man it's it's like this ain't nothing new man it's been happening so like like Tamise was saying like, like this been happening the difference now I guess that's the next question so I will wait on that uh what's the difference but uh 
you know, it's 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 just kind of exhausting to keep having that. It's like I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. It's like you see it, uh, you know, I have all those different mixed emotions, but I'm like, man, there's even, you know, things that have been stripped from me because of my environment, like to be able to feel emotions, I've been having to process. It's like, man, I just, I don't have, I have intimacy issues and emotional problems. Like, but because I, like I said, cause I lived in a place where it's survival mode, I don't get to live in a place where you get to experience all that, you know, uh, somebody there for you, like having a father, like, you know, I, I didn't have that either. Like what Tony was talking about, somebody to just protect me. Right. Um, I don't, I didn't have that. Um, and like I said, like the, it's a result of a system putting people in places to where they live in those type of areas where it's like the jungle, um, you know, and then people view you like that and, and, and you get treated a certain way. And so, you know, and that's like my own personal, I mean, that's a, that's the experience for everybody, you know, for a lot of black men, um, that, you know, sometimes you just, you've been beat up by just your own environment so much, like, that you just come to a place like this, and it's like, oh, it's like, there's that, but it's like, I'm, I'm seeing black men die constantly, right, or hearing about it constantly, uh, and it's, and it's not just from cops, but it's, it's from the system um, that the result of that is people killing other people, you know? Uh, so I, that's kind of where I'm at with things. Uh, you know, like I get frustrated. I'm like, just, but then I'm like, not, it's, it happens so regularly that I'm like, man, it's, it's just, I'm just like, yo, we just gotta go. Like, we just gotta go do the thing, whatever it means, um, you know? And I had to keep trying to think through that. Like, so I'm going to have to protect my child, like, you know, and that might cost me. And I do have to think about all those other things. But then again, I'm like, man, you know, part of me, you know, selfishly, like, man, I'm like, it's, it's a great time to be trying to get a job and some things to be a black man because we are a hot topic right now. So <laughs> <laughs> just for the moment, just for the yeah. moment, like, you yeah. might get something, it ain't enough. It ain't enough, but you might get a little something. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just hey, we being real on here. I'm no, that saying. that is real. That is real. I'm just um, Brian and Tara, I I wanted to ask you all. Um, you know, I saw earlier today you had posted some things on Facebook and uh, a couple pictures of your uh, family uh, at the rally holding up some signs and and Tamise mentioned this earlier that you know and and we've been this has just been a thing for a while now but we get so caught up in this whole you know black lives matter versus all lives matter and people just want to go back and forth back and forth um on and have a debate and an argument about about this but you know i think that obviously that just completely misses the point uh of what we're doing here and 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 this moment and i'd just like to hear you know as as a as a church community and as people who follow god when we say black lives matter you know what what are we saying and and what is the the truth that we're getting out there great question um we are recognizing that Black communities, people of color, have 
historically from, from hundreds and hundreds of years have been oppressed and exploited in this country. And all the way up to today in the systems that we have um, throughout our, our world and in, in this country, um, we are still seeing that. And that the, the black life has historically not mattered. And to be able to say that out loud gives credence, gives importance to that fact that one, even as, even as the church, as you look at the history of, of the church in our country, um, and how we have had, we've been part of that problem and have encouraged that throughout the, the era of, of slavery. And we think of the church in, in the South and in the North. And so there's just so many things to even speak of that for the church to say, yes, Black Lives Matter is a way to speak out against the history of where our country comes from. Because um, it's true. By saying it doesn't mean that no other lives matter. It doesn't mean that all lives don't matter. Yes, all people have the image of God, 100% are the image of God. And, and so by saying black lives matter doesn't mean that's not true. What it means is that we have been living in and we are sons and daughters of a, a heritage that has denigrated the black person, has denigrated anybody that has another color other than the European white man and woman. So I, that's, that's, that's kind of how I, I view it. And, and, and it's important for me to be out there now, you know, with, with my kids because I, I want, my friends to know that I am going to stand up with them. I want my friends to know that I am there and I'm going to fight with them on this matter, on, on everything that's surrounding this issue. Um, and not to be afraid um, of it, not to be ashamed of it, not to be, um, I think that he just said it really well, but I, I mean, I, the issue, you know, talking about Black Lives Matter, um, being out there as a white person um, is me standing with my friends, with you all, um, with Tony and Tamise and Tasia and Steve and um, my other colleagues and my um neighbors and my it's standing for my students and my my kids friends um you know i i went i i want people to know that these lives are important that the oppression and racism that has um been a part of our country or the systems in our country and um 
the racism that's been in my own heart that I am stepping out and recognizing that these lives are important and that I need to keep walking and stepping forward saying how important these lives are. And again, it's not negating that anybody else's life is not important. It's just that these are the lives that are being, that have been oppressed for hundreds of years and stepping out and saying it needs to stop. Yeah. And I, and I think that's really important that, you know, our, our society doesn't need to be reminded that white lives matter. Um, our society doesn't need to be reminded that the blue lives, that police lives matter. Like these are, these are things that are inherent in the way a majority of our society operates and, and thinks. But to your point, um, I think it, it, is, it is necessary and it's inherent to who the church is and what we say we believe to affirm that black lives matter especially in this moment um, when that is being questioned. Um, and, you know, this is why this conversation here is so important is because, you know, we're not, you know, Black Lives Matter is not a, 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 a political statement. It's not a, a left versus right thing. What we're doing is we're rooting that statement and that belief in what we believe about God and what we believe about humanity. And that's important to point out, Brian. And I think part of this is what it does is it, it causes people to have to reflect why do we have to even say this? And it causes people to say, well, this isn't what I know my America to be. This isn't what I know of my history, what I've been told. And it causes the white person to maybe open their eyes just a little bit um, and look at the reality of, of, of our country, of where we come from. And it, and, it, and, and it shatters to some degree. It's, you know, people get really defensive because it, it's, it's, it's very personal because it, it, it touches their identity about how they identify with their, their national pride. Um, well, of course we're Americans. We, all lives matter, not just black lives. And so it touches something so deep with how we have been uh, in our culture has ingrained us in, in, in how we look at our, um, um, the, the perfect nature of our country and its origins. Um, the, the heroes of our history. Um, um, there's so much that goes into that cultural building up of this national identity that we take apart in that we partake individually. And and so as we say Black Lives Matter, that that starts to shatter that identity just a little bit. And and if people were to start to continue to go into that and say uh why is that true why should i be saying this why should this be something that is is said atop of everything else at this moment it starts to open up that crack and it starts to get people questioning and, and people don't like to do that no and that yeah that that's so true we don't we we in moments like this we revert back to our priors you know what what we've what we've 
how we've operated, what we think about, um, how we how we see life, and how we see ourselves. Um, in a moment, it's like we can watch a video of George Floyd and say, that's awful, that's terrible, that's evil personified right there. It's a tragic event. But then when we see protests or we see rioters or whatever, then we can, it's so easy for us to revert back into our own political lanes or how we've been conditioned to think over time. And so, you know, one of the things that for those of you who, who are a part of Soma Northwest who are listening here, one of the things that we have continued to talk about over and over again is let's get this out of the political arena where people we don't know who are not spirit led, who we don't have relationship with are defining the terms. And let's begin to talk about these things from a biblical basis. You know, what is this, what do the scriptures say? What do our, what does our relationship with Christ mean for us in this moment? And how do we as a church um, respond? And um, Steve, I wanted to come back to you on this. Um, You and I had a conversation uh, about this um, not too long ago. Uh, This moment right now, feels different. Um, and, and I want to hear the rest of you all chime in on this as well. But obviously, these, what we have witnessed with Drayshawn Reed, with George Floyd, like um, uh, Breonna Taylor down in, down in Louisville, uh, like th- this isn't like, oh, wow, this is a new thing. Um, this has been part and parcel um, for Uh, generations. Um, But it seems like the national response is different right now. Um, You know, I've been following a few polls, uh, public opinion polls uh, over the last week. And there was this one CBS poll that said, you know, over 80% of Americans now believe black Americans are discriminated against. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, well, welcome to the party. with, with half the co- country believing that they face a lot of discrimination um, in 2014. Uh, so right after Michael Brown and Ferguson and Eric Garner, nearly eight in 10 Americans said they believe that there had been real progress in ending discrimination. And, and now that number has dropped almost 25 points. So it, it seems as though um, it seems as though there's a different there's a difference right now in the way people are seeing and the way the way people are processing this than in 2014 or in 2016 with Philando Castile and Alton Sterling and uh, some of those national high profile police brutality cases. Um, so Steve. What makes you think that this is a that this is different? Um, why does this moment feel different? Um, well, I think a lot of it is kind of like um, what what you said about there. There's a national response, um, 
and and like diff like to me it, it feels different it's 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 like it's so large scale like all the other ones are super important um all these other ones like they, they've been important but at this point like people are tired we're tired um and it's like and, and now you're starting to see the the people that are hurt, you're starting to see them and see us respond in a different type of way, in a unified way that's similar to some of the bigger civil rights movements that have happened. We've always been in a continuous civil rights movement to an extent, but this feels more like, man, like we're in something similar to that because of all this stuff that's happening right now. Um, you know, and for me personally, I'm like, man, it's, it's, it's so much, there's so much protesting and, and, and rioting going on. And it's so large scale that it's like, oh, like this might, this movement right now might be the next big movement that makes progress happen, but it's going to come at a cost. It's not going to be easy. Uh, it, it's, it just, it just feels like that like so that big right uh um and not because and that, that weight of that i've always felt that way from from when you've seen police racial violence police brutality stuff like that um it's just this this is how much it's carried weight across the country it's just just like man like people like people are tired and we demand a response from 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 the government and the and, and it's putting people in a place um to have to really make real decisions like even the church even the church like this thing has gotten so big that it's pressed the church in my in, in, in my opinion like to have to respond in a way that's like oh like we can't just sit back and just like have a panel about this like we have to be out here and be a light because like people that aren't even Christians are speaking out against this. And so it challenges the church to be like, oh, the church got to move. Like the church has to, has to press in. Um, and you know, this is the more I've watched it, the heaviness I felt from it and things like that. Like, it's just like, yeah, like this, it, it feels like that this is like a big movement. Um, and, and, and I'm hoping and praying like there's like this little glimmer of hope. I'm like, man, I, I think that there's going to be, it's not going to be what what needs to happen all the way, but is there going to be something that's going to happen that moves us forward? Like, like what happened with MLK? Is it going to be that big? No, is there going to be something like it? I feel like there has to be like, there has to be, or what's happening right now will continue. If there is not change this right here, well, what's going on right now, it, it will continue. And there's just there's just the, the the response is like a touch point for the government for majority culture is that man that like that looting like it's a it's like man I'm I'm digging into something precious to you now I'm digging in your pockets because your business is getting messed up it's not necessarily that I agree with the violence and the thing but it's like that's literally getting touched like people's money, people's businesses are getting affected because of all the discrimination and the racism and the, and the systematic injustice. And now it's like people are responding by touching your money. Like your money's getting impacted by this. So I'm like, you have to, 
there there has to be a response in, in that sense and like and that's just you know where I land with that. I, I, that's how I kind of feel. I'm like it just feels different. It feels like a, a civil, a bigger civil rights movement um, that's happening, you know. Um, and you know, I believe that God is going to use it. Um, and I, I don't know, can't say exactly what's going to happen with it, but I believe something's going to happen with it. It's not going to be equality, that's for sure. Like, cause that that just hasn't happened yet. Um, but is there going to be some change? There's going to be some small change. Um, unlike before, uh, and, and I just feel like there's going to be a shift in some other things, but I guess I can go into details on that on another topic besides this one. Yeah. Tony and Tamisa, what do you guys feel about this? I mean, does this, does this feel different to you? Uh, are you, uh, is there is there a, maybe a sense of of hopefulness that things may actually start to change for the better? Um, for me, it, the the difference, yeah, it, it is a difference, but it's a difference in here's my viewpoint. Um, seeing a execution happen right in front of us, it changed the whole dynamic. It took away all excuses. He wasn't fleeing. He didn't, he didn't have a gun. He wasn't aggressive. You know what I'm saying? He was a black man who you all have already arrested, detained, was pleading for his life. For 10 minutes you had, for eight minutes and some seconds, you had his neck. You had his knee on his neck. And, and everybody saw all of that. So it took all your excuses away. And the, the, you did not, the, the cop did not have no remorse. He did not have all three, all four of them, no emotion to it or nothing. And we saw all of that. And so that took everything away. And the only thing that came, I say not the only, one of the things that came out is anger. Like, how could you do that to another black soul and don't even care about it? Like, it never even happened. Like, yo, like, no, that. And for things um, to change for the better, I don't know. I hope they'll change for the better. I don't know. I hope and I'm praying that it will because I want people to actually start doing something about it. Our judicial system failed us. We saw for 10 minutes judge, jury, and executioner. No Miranda rights, no nothing, no trial, no nothing. We saw it right there. And if we, if we didn't protest, well, something would have been done about it. I'm like, yo, so I don't see a change. It takes for us to go to that extreme for something actually to be done. But it's supposed to be the land of the home and the free. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be good, flagging off. Like, where? Where for the black? So I don't know if there'd be a, a difference. Um, but I'm praying for consistency. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sorry, but as I, I just know about, I mean, just learning about more about the police, even the origin of the policing and things like that, um, the history behind it, how it was put in place to monitor the behavior of black people. <laughs> and then you got these big cities 
who hire these white cops from these small towns that do not know, are not familiar with the communities that they are supposed to be protecting and serving. Like, I don't, I don't, I hope for change, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like what's going on right now, um, I feel like it needed to happen. Um, it needed to happen for parents to teach their children um, something different. Um, it needed to happen because I, I recall a lot of parents saying that they find it hard to talk about race with their kids. And I think this has allowed them to have no other choice but to go there with their kids. I feel like that is helpful because it allows their children to, or it allows them as a family to, to go about, you know, responding to people differently. But honestly, Bobby, I think it just ignited more anger and ignited more rage. Um, some, some white people who we may not know that may see us, it's, it's just tension. You just feel tension, different places. It's almost like what Tasia was saying, like, when you see me, what do you, what do you think? You know, um, so, I mean, I think it'll take a while to get to that change that we look for or hope, hope for. Um, I just hope that we continue to come together and put pressure on the lawmakers in order to make the appropriate changes and um, let the police know that they can't continue to get, let, let people know that they can't continue to get away with murdering Black people um, as if it's, it w it's not a significant life. I also want to say, like, um, we got a, we got history that shows uh, change. Uh, I don't know about changing. You got, what, the Civil War. We got the Civil Rights Movement. And we got now, and I'm just jumping, but I'm pretty sure some more stuff, too. But, like, man, after all those years, we are still going through the same, Black people still going through the same old stuff. It's not just, uh, it's bad that our life was taken. Also, the, what, the, the lifestyle of a Black person, too. It's very hard, man. It's very hard, and I think that needs to be said, too. Um, so I think a change is going to come when um, white people really uh, identify with Black lives and, and really come alongside us with that and knowing the history and educating themselves about it. It's a lot of information out there um, to, to educate yourself about Black lives, you know what I mean? And so um, there's the brown-eyed, blue-eyed experiment by Jane Elliott. It's on YouTube, 52 uh, minutes. You can look at that to educate yourself um, because we've been educated on American history all our lives. If we had to graduate, we had to take that in order to graduate high school and like, yo, where, and you all get a black history for one month. I mean, yo, like, no, that is, that's, that's frustrating to me because we have to cater to white people all the time and white people don't have to cater to us. Like, no, I'll tell you another story about how black lives is. Do your research about it. Like really put in the work, just like I put in the work. You know what I'm saying? Like, do that. You know what I mean? So that's my, my raw feeling. That's my raw emotion. So, yeah. And yeah, you know, I think a number of us last week participated in a, 
a procession downtown um, that was organized by uh, Faith in Indiana, which is a nonprofit um, interfaith uh, coalition. And and one of the things that came out of that were some some demands that this um, that Faith in Indiana made to <clears throat> our city government and 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 police department and. Um, you know, because I think that the argument is, you know, a lot, this is, this is just a few bad cops. These are just a few bad apples, but Hey, you know, this, this, this keeps happening over and over and over again. So it can't just be about a few bad cops because eventually we weed them out, you know, like we'd, we'd figure out how to identify these these bad apples and take care of them but police brutality keeps happening racial violence uh, um, initiated by um, by policing practices um, keeps happening and so uh, I know that um, our mayor and our police chief um, accepted some of those demands here in the last um, you know, 48 hours and, and have promised that there'll be some significant changes um, in the way that, that um, our, the citizens of Indianapolis are, are policed. Um, and I think it's a good thing. And I think that it was good for, for many of us from the Soma church community to be a part of that, that rally and that protest last weekend. But here's where I want to um, wrap up our discussion and and Tasia, I'd like to ask you to to start us off here. Um, as we think about our role as the church in the coming weeks and and months, um, and even just knowing what we've been doing and and some of the the things that we have been a part of, um, how how should we engage with our community? Um, how should we engage with calls for um, police continued policing reforms? How should we engage with um, you know examination and and calls for um, you know these systemic injustices to be to be righted and how how should we engage just in our own own community? What does it look like for us uh, at Soma Northwest as followers of Jesus to continue to be about this work? Yeah, I think um, that's a great question. And I think first and foremost, we have to understand that um, this is a kingdom issue. And so um, it's really not optional if we engage. I think a lot of times people think that um, this reform and different things like that is political. Um, while it is, but it's still a kingdom issue because people are being oppressed. And so understanding that. And I think um, not even just, I, I think we just have to take this on period as a church, because again, it's a kingdom issue, but, um, following organizations that are doing the work and the research, um, I, I think a lot of times people get overwhelmed because they're like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, somebody probably all the things that you're thinking about and the emotions that you feel, somebody has thought through them. Um, and all we do is have to link arms with them, um, to go forward in us achieving justice. I think it's partnering with, um, black churches, uh, Latino churches, 
um, and some of the initiatives that they're doing and things that they're doing um, and getting behind them and seeing what they need. I think it's identifying what in Pike Township needs to be reformed or fixed. I think um, us understanding that we, um, we have a role as, as the church to be at the forefront of this movement. Um, we need people to preach peace. Um, in the midst of the violence and chaos, we need prophetic voices um, to, to tell us how to um, move forward in all of this. And so I think there are many uh, roles and different things that the church could do. Um, it is pretty much limitless. Um, and But we need to know that it's not optional. Like we don't have really an option to, to be in the fight for justice. Brian and Terry, you've been really instrumental in helping our church and, and leading out on um, and just pursuing racial reconciliation and, and even helping us to think about um, outside of just interpersonal relationships, how we, how we engage with this. What are your thoughts and, and what are your challenges and encouragements for our church? Um central to all of this is the scripture talking about the image of God in us and that everybody is an image bearer of God and I think we all individually would yeah sure we, we will accept that there's of course right but that means um we have people of color. That means prisoners. That means um, the unborn. Um, that means um, the poor. That means the foreigner. That means the woman. That means um, uh, the people of other faiths. That means people that are LGBTQ, we all bear the image of God. And how seriously do we take that? We have to take that seriously. And we, we view that through a very individualistic lens. Like, um, we see that as a... Uh, more of like a interpersonal kind of thing, like me and you. And I, I see that I, I can view people that way, but, um, and so the, everything is right in the world if I can view people that way. Um, but we communally um, affect each other through laws, through policies, through um, how we interact in the world ourselves with each other um, in public um, and so we have to like we have to have a a larger view of 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 what the image of God is um, and 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 understand that um, well I mean I mean goodness gracious 
why this is important is because historically in the United States, there was a time in law that said that black people weren't fully people. And Christians, Christian leaders would say the same thing when they were baptizing Africans and saying they couldn't be free. So there is a, a historical thread through our country that leads us to today and where the church is responsible to understand that we have to be more involved in this conversation on many levels, not just an individual level. Yes, that is really important, but on a, a, a larger scale as well. And, how, and, and, and really figuring out how, how, how do we do that? Um, and it's, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I have ideas, but um, I don't know. But that, that's, that's kind of where I'm, some of the, my thoughts on that. I don't know if it makes any sense. So I, I always go right to the, to the practical. I'm a very practical person. I want to do something. Um, you know, I think about faith and deeds. And, you know, when we talk about James and, you know, my, my faith is nothing if I'm not doing anything. So um, just thinking through, like, practically, what, is, what does this look like? So, I mean, we do have, you know, these, there's this petition that you could sign, you know, or send an email to Mayor Hogsett, like those reforms from the Faith in, Indi, um, the Faith in Indiana rally that we went to last weekend. You know, there's that. There's writing letters, you know, emails, letters to our councilmen, to you know, when you think about Breonna Taylor and you think about George Floyd and um, you think about uh, Drayshawn Reed uh, right here that happened right here down the street from us, you know, just make like letting our voices be heard. Um, and, you know, that's not something I have really ever done before, but I now clearly see that that's what I need to be doing. And so we have been, um, there's a group of us uh, through Be the Bridge that have been like talking about some of these practical things that we can do. And so that's on our list of things that we can be doing. Um, I mean, and just other things like other practical things right now is if you don't have any friends of color that you are speaking with, um, then you need to find people. You need to get to know your neighbors. You need to, obviously I'm speaking to the white people right now. You know, if, if you aren't in friendships with people who are different from you, it is pursuing those friendships to hear stories, to hear their voices, to find out about their life and learn from them and get to know people who haven't had the same experiences that you've had. Um, so, you know, and within our own SOMA congregation here, obviously we have Be the Bridge and, you know, that's something that hopefully we'll have more groups of that at some point, but that is, it's just been, it's been a really, um, some really great steps towards understanding um, some of like the systemic racism that has been happening, you know, that's been happening in our country since the beginning of time, since the beginning of our country, and uh, understanding the stories of the people even in our own church who are, who have had lives that are very different from us, and hearing from them how their lives have been different from us, and learning from them, and thinking about uh, lamenting of the uh, 
racism that I myself have believed in and participated in and the things that I have believed in the biases and stereotypes that I have follow that I have uh, that I have believed my whole life you know and being able to break that down and lament over that lament over my country lament over the church and you know and then forging into this reconciliation of understanding um, people of color and their experiences that are different from mine and loving and getting to know them and walking with them so those are some of the practical things I think that you know we can be doing right now yeah, that's that's really really helpful. And um, to me, so I want to go go to you for our for our last word here. You and I are uh, scheduled to uh, have a conversation next week on this podcast about spirit led worship, and I think that that's really really important during this time. Is what does it look like for us to, in the midst of all of this, to be worshipers of God? And so I don't want to step on that conversation necessarily now, but um, I would love to hear your thoughts. Just what, what can you say to our church about how we should um, how we should walk forward uh, here in the in the coming days and weeks and months? Um, I just want to kind of echo what Tasia was saying as far as like this is a kingdom issue. Um, because it is um, when we're reminded in Ephesians 6 and 12 where it tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but spirits and principalities this is definitely um, the wicked one has been exposed through this and has been exposed in the lifestyles of those who have upheld um, a worldview that's contrary to being a Christian and the Bible says that they'll know that we are Christians by our love and what I've, I've come to realize is throughout the years, there's a lot of Christians that's just not connected to the word of God, period. You're just up in a Christian household around Christian people and you just deem yourself to be Christian based off of the lifestyle of the people when you don't do your own study and you don't do your own, you don't work out your own salvation, like Paul says, you know, and go to him about it. Um, and so when you think about it being a kingdom issue and you think about, well, then how do I approach this? Then that brings up Matthew 6, 33, where it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. And through the years, learning that scripture, I had only learned that in a, in a sense of tangible um, provisions, you know, if, if I'm in need of anything tangibly, financially or something like that, but also spiritually. He will add to us understanding. He will add to us revelation. He will open up our eyes in order for us to see ourselves and see who he is in the midst of this situation. So we have to humble ourselves to go to him in that type of way, you know, and let go of whatever Western worldview or whatever it is that has built a person up and made them think of people a certain way and things like that. And I know it to be true because even my own transformation, um, I, I've been feeling um, liberated enough to share this more than once, but this, this is not my choice really of being a part of this type of ministry if, if I was to choose it. The Lord chose this route. He led me to this particular congregation and to be a part of this this extension of the body of Christ. And while I was not aware of what it was and what it meant, I see how God has 
done the things that he has done in order for us to be even tightly knitted the way that we are now, you know, where before we weren't, you know, but now we're starting to like the Be The Bridge group that has bonded us right together, you know, with us having these hard conversations with, with one another. And that's another resource. There's a, um, her name is Kristen, but um, she goes by KB and she's on Facebook and she has these, um, these heart combos where she helped people have these hard conversations and be the bridge. We've been able to have hard conversations with one another, cry with one another, but you know what we did? We started out in prayer and we ended in prayer. And I believe that's what has really helped us to even do what we've been able to do, like what Tara was um, sharing, coming together and coming up with practical ways to put pressure on the decision makers and the lawmakers and, you know, the people who can make the moves that we can't make. But if we constantly reach out to them and constantly flood their emails, you know, with our concerns and our demands, then we'll, we'll be able to see some things shift. You know what I'm saying? But I really do believe that it's important for us in SOMA, any other evangelical church to learn the history of the Bible. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it has a lot to do with our history, black history, which if you do that research, then you'll be able to see that black history is your history too, because that's the only way that we can be one in the body of Christ is if we accept one another and love one another and just become unified. So that's, that's what I think, like our intentions need to be unity we need to be intentional about being unified with people who don't look like us right. who don't sound like the like us who don't do the same things that we do we have to let down our comfort mm -hmm. and allow ourselves to be uncomfortable and do it even when we feel like it's awkward and, and it needs to be a, a passion in our hearts deep down inside because we want to create a new cycle and not continue to repeat this toxic cycle been going on throughout the years yeah i was reminded this week um that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation and how can we as people who have been reconciled to god uh, go out into the world and tell everybody else you need to get together and you need to be reconciled with one another if we aren't doing it in our own church and that as we strive uh, to maintain the unity of the spirit, as we love each other, as Christ loved us, um, that gives us the, the, the uh, moral authority to step out into our society and say, this is possible and to invite people in. Um, to experience that because all of us know ultimately people need to be reconciled to God. People need the power of the Holy Spirit to transform their lives and ultimate real and lasting change will never fully happen this side of heaven. We are in that already but not yet kingdom of God. But as people who are still here in the not yet, uh, how do we live? Um, how, what, what are we showing the world about who God is? Um, and to uh, to reference what what Tara was mentioning just a few minutes ago, 
um, from the book of James, that I think the world is looking at the church and say, and asking us, show us your faith by your deeds. Show us your faith by the way that you live and the way that you act and the way that you treat the least of these. And so I want to thank you guys for being a part of this conversation. I know it is now 20 till 11. We are recording this on Saturday night. We're all parents on this podcast of children of various ages. And there's been lots of yawns and rubbing of eyes during this conversation. Uh, and so we're going to end it here. But um, Gornicks, Coils, Crosses, I want to thank you all so much for being courageous in stepping into this and, and for sharing not only how you're feeling, but um, yeah, uh, how, how you want to encourage and challenge our church moving forward. And so as we close, um, Tony, would you, uh, would you send us out with a word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity uh, to be able to express ourselves in this uh, safe place. Uh, Lord, I thank you, God, that uh, for people that hear this podcast, that they will reach their heart and actually uh, motivate them to do something different, um, to do something, do some kingdom building, Father. Lord, I thank you, God, for being uh, ahead of our lives, that we are seeking you and, uh, and looking for a better kingdom um, and giving a direction where we should go. Lord, we thank you. Uh, and as we uh, move from this place, but never from your presence, uh, we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Grace to you this week. We'll see you next time.